Hey, and welcome to a May 2nd Monday edition of We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley. Glad to have you along. We're going to talk NFL draft, Buckeyes in the draft, Bengals draft, Browns draft, and a little Ohio State baseball. The story is not very good. First of all, let me thank you for listening to the podcast. Encourage you to email the podcast, we tackle life at gmail.com, we tackle life at gmail.com. And you can also review us on iTunes. And those of you who have, appreciate it very, very much. Want to, at the beginning of the podcast today, satisfy a promise I made to my daughter, who has a classmate, who apparently has a father, who the classmate claims is a fan of the podcast. So I've been asked and asked and asked and asked (laughs) to shout out Dr. Steven Steyer. So Dr. Steyer, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for... uh, sending your kids to a really good school, and uh, I hope you have a great day, and I hope this doesn't sound like I'm a stalker, but my daughter told me I should shout you out on the podcast, so consider it done. All right, now, a reminder for all of you who listen to the podcast and are looking for a way to perhaps push back in the culture just a little bit in terms of buying things from someone that may support initiatives that you support. I'm talking about pro-life initiatives, pro-America, foundational principles of America's founding, those kinds of things. Basically a privately owned, family owned company that doesn't hate our country or what it was founded to be, even though we are always endeavoring to get better. I can introduce you to that company, but you have to ask and indicate your interest. I can do it through my friends at patriotswitch.com. You click on my name, Bruce Hooley, in the down menu. I'll reach out to you. I'll call you. I'll email you. And I will explain to you about this amazing company that's been in business since the 1980s and does over $2 billion in sales very uniquely. How uniquely? Well, they don't advertise, number one. You might have picked up on that since I can't tell you their name right now without you asking first at PatriotSwitch.com and clicking on my name in the How Did You Hear About Us box. Number two. They make all their own stuff. They don't have any third-party manufacturers. And number three, they don't sell it in any stores. They make it. They ship it right to you at your house. You save gas, no trip to the store. You save time. And you get plant-based products good for the environment. They're amazing. They've really helped our family. We could never find a sunscreen that would not burn, sting my daughter's skin on contact. Kind of tough when you're fair-skinned and play a lot of sports in sunlight. If you can't have a sunscreen on, you choose between a sunburn or the sting of sunscreen. That's no longer a problem with these phenomenal products. And they make soaps and cleaners and vitamins and supplements, and they make 400-plus products. You're already buying them for your home. I just want you to buy them from a really pro-America company. And I'll introduce them to you if you go to PatriotSwitch.com and click on my name in the down menu. Let's start the show with an email from, well, this this might be better for the faith portion of the podcast. So we'll save it for the faith portion of the podcast. And let's just jump right into the NFL draft. Buckeyes, six guys drafted. Six guys drafted. The only defensive player drafted, Tyreek Smith. Okay? Tyreek Smith. Um, They've had some guys hook on since the draft as undrafted free agents. Haskell Garrett, most notable among them on the defensive side. But it was not a draft other than Olave and Wilson and I transposed those names in the order they were taken. It was not a draft that you got super, super excited about. Jeremy Ruckert goes in the third round of the Jets. He'll be a teammate of Garrett Wilson. 
And then we have uh, Nicholas Petit-Free, who goes, or no, excuse me, excuse me Thaler, Thayer Munford, who goes in the seventh round. He goes to the Raiders, Las Vegas. Two-time first-team All-Big Ten tackle, and he goes in the seventh round, 238th pick overall. Of course, it'll be a very good year for Ohio State next year in the draft because C.J. Stroud will probably be a top-five pick. He's a quarterback, and he has better size than Bryce Young. Will the NFL take a shine to Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, or will C.J. Stroud himself be a Heisman Trophy winner, or will DJ Uyunglele from Clemson have a comeback year, and will he be the top quarterback? We don't know. Or there could be a quarterback we've never heard of. Happens that way sometimes. How many of you had heard of Kenny Pickett at this time a year ago? How many of you had heard of Malik Willis from Liberty at this time a year ago? How many of you had heard of Zach Wilson from BYU the year before? You always hear names at the draft that you haven't heard before because scouts are looking for something different. They're looking for measurables. They're looking for leadership. They're looking for... Uh, lots and lots of things that maybe don't show up because the guys around a guy in a program aren't such that he's playing for a national championship like guys at Ohio State and Alabama typically are. But defense this year was not good at Ohio State, and so it shouldn't be a surprise that only one player was drafted. And no cornerbacks or safeties were drafted, which is a really big change from the recent past. The Buckeyes have had 14 DBs picked in the draft since 2013. 14 of them. And eight of them have been number one picks. Let's see how many I can name. Gary and Conley. Eli Apple. Marshawn Lattimore. Denzel Ward. Uh, I always get uh, uh, Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker. Boy, eight in the first round. Woo! Uh, Von Bell was not a first round pick. He was a second round pick. But you get the point. A lot of them. A lot of them. Good trivia question. See if you can name them as the podcast continues. But that's why Jim Knowles is here, right? uh, $1.9 million defensive coordinator? That's why he's here. Better produce, Mr. Knowles, or they will bounce you just like they bounced Kerry Combs. So that's the story of the draft for the Buckeyes next year, of course, besides C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jigbo will unquestionably be a first-round pick. Um, otherwise, eh, look around. Will Zach Harrison be a first round pick? Mm, I don't know. He's really going to have to show a lot in his final season at Ohio state. Um, down the road, you know, JT to Milau, maybe Jack Sawyer, maybe, but at this point in time, hard to say that there's anybody there that would jump off the page at you as a first-round pick on the defensive side still. So we'll see what Jim Knowles can do with them. Uh, There's no doubt what our friends at Willis Spangler Starling will do with your legal case. They'll represent you with unquestioned integrity, character, and expertise. They're amazing. Willis Spangler Starling, they're my attorneys. I have them look at every contract, every legal document that is a part of something consequential in my life. I would never sign it without turning it over to the attorneys at Willis Spangler Starling first. I highly recommend you do the same. They do some cases on contingency, some on a flat fee basis. They handle personal injury, employment law, social security disability, wills, estate planning, all the big cases that consume most of the court's time. Willis Spangler Starling will have a partner or an associate who will shepherd you through it. They will treat you like it is your legal Super Bowl because you know what? It is. You ever been part of a case, either as a plaintiff or as a defendant, you know that you want unquestioned expertise, and you don't want anybody who is going to compromise what you stand for. Your good name is priceless. Keep it that way. The good people at Willis Spangler Starling. They are online at willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. And 
You can find their physical location on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, just a little bit north of Home Depot and Target. Okay, brief note on Ohio State baseball, because I work for a site, PressProsMagazine.com, that covers Ohio State baseball. We're not going to get into too many names, just that don't be surprised if there is a new Ohio State baseball head coach next year. Uh, Greg Beals has done a really good job at Ohio State. He's won the Big Ten tournament three times, but he is having a disastrous year. Uh, most recently, that disaster includes a three-game weekend sweep in Columbus by Rutgers, which has a really good record but really hasn't played anybody. But Rutgers just teed off on Ohio State on Sunday. They hit seven home runs, seven. And that allowed them to overcome an 8-3 lead. They had one kid hit five homers in the last two days. A couple weeks ago, Ohio State lost its wrap-up at Maryland 16-1. to That's pretty obviously a quit in the midst of the game. So they've lost 9 out of 10. They're 13-25, and 3-13 and three, three and in the Big Ten. How would you win games if you were 13th in the league of 14 teams in defense, 12th in ERA, so it's not like errors are beating you, although they're not helping, and you're 10th in batting? Can't hit, can't pitch, can't field. Other than that, we're fine. Wow. Uh, Greg Beals has a very young team. I hope they have patience with him. Because he's done a lot of good, but man, this is a tough year for Beelzy, and he's done a nice job, but I fear that he might get whacked and uh, scapegoated for what his team has so far been unable to do this season. Of course, he wouldn't be the first coach that that happens to. It did not happen to Kevin Stefanski last year, even though the Browns were expected to be a surefire playoff team. Uh, the uh, Kevin Stefanski glow faded as the year went on. Both he and Baker Mayfield are no longer in the good stead of Browns fans, although I think now Stefanski is uh, fine because most people perceive that the Browns will be much, much better with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, but we still do not know if they will have Deshaun Watson at quarterback. We do know that they still have Baker Mayfield at quarterback, but they really don't have him because though he's on the roster, he was not at voluntary workouts. They do not want him at minicamp. They do not want him, Sam I am. They want him gone but they want somebody else to pay him to be gone. And they're not going to find anyone to pay him to be gone because if they really want him gone, what will they do? Release him. And then what will his salary be? NFL minimum or whatever the team wants to give him. So the Browns are trying to act like they're not going to release Baker Mayfield. We're not going to release Baker Mayfield. Look, you got to release him at some point. You're not going to bring him into minicamp. What are you going to like? Sit him on the shelf. At some point, the Browns have to do the right thing here. You say, wow, it's 18 and $9.9 million. They sunk. 230 into Deshaun Watson, every penny of it guaranteed. This guy's got 22 civil suits hanging over his head. It's just crazy to me that they wouldn't eat another $19 million just to rid themselves of questions about Baker Mayfield. I suppose they could keep him and keep him and keep him and hope somebody gets hurt in training camp and hope you get what in exchange for him? A fourth-round pick? A fifth-round pick? Now, they may end up looking like geniuses in this if they get a second-round pick or even a three or a veteran player or something, I think they'd take a bag of balls that they could use in kicking drills for Baker Mayfield. At this point, it's about saving face because when you have the number one overall pick in the draft and you could have taken Lamar Jackson and you could have taken Josh Allen, and no, I didn't want either one of those guys. I wanted Sam Darnold, and that shows you what kind of a draft analyst I am. But that's not my job. My job is to analyze what they do. 
And what they did with Baker Mayfield was give him a new head coach virtually every year, give him a new coordinator every year, and surround him with high-maintenance malcontents. Yes, I'm talking about Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. And that's not a recipe for coalescing every aspect of a franchise around a quarterback. Am I sitting here right now defending Baker Mayfield as he would have succeeded if? No, I'm not, because he has his own issues. I've said for a long, long time, he runs way too hot on the field. I would never have picked him because he did not show the maturity in politics, they call it temperament, to have the office that he had, the office of franchise quarterback. And I didn't like it that he was doing commercials nationwide like he was a star before he was a star. So there are a lot of warning signs with Baker Mayfield. They chose not to like, they chose not to look at them. John Dorsey likes alpha male contrarian types. And he fell in love with Baker Mayfield. And it's a little bit like some marriages break up because one spouse gets really, really tired of a character trait that the other spouse have has that the other spouse had when they were dating and that drew them to the person they married. What do I mean? It might be a guy's sense of humor. It might be a woman always looking like she's dressed to the nines. Well, it's fine, but when you get married, then it takes her three hours to get ready. You're not so happy about it, okay? So there are things with Baker Mayfield that attracted John Dorsey that after you have to live with those things, drive you nuts, drive you nuts. And that's why the Browns are done with him and they've sunk a quarter of a billion dollars into Deshaun Watson and they won't even have him for the start of the year, which I am absolutely certain he will not be playing at the start of the year. The NFL doesn't want to take that PR black eye. So he will sit at least four games, maybe six and maybe 10. And if he sits 10, like you might as well burn the playoff hopes right there. So one year of Deshaun Watson is out the door before he ever comes in the door. So we'll wait and see what happens. But the Browns had the 44th pick in the draft. They took no one. They traded down into the third round, and they picked Martin Emerson from Mississippi State. Martin Emerson. He has everything but a last name. <laughs> he's Apparently, he's like a 6'2 corner, and they really like him. And uh, Joe Moorhead, who coaches at Akron now, uh, recruited him to Mississippi State. And he talks about so they drafted secondary depth. Okay, I don't, I don't love it because this is to me starting to look like what the Browns roster looked like back when they had first round picks at every spot on the offensive line. You can't overstack a team at one position with all top draft choices, and they've drafted. Greedy Williams and Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward and now Martin Emerson. And then they go sign a bunch of guys in free agency. And I guess the thought is, well, we have Hummel figurines playing cornerback for us because Denzel Ward is almost always hurt. He's missed almost an entire season over his first four seasons. He's missed 13 games. So I suppose you have to have depth back there when, you know, guys are always hurt. I get it. But how about you get guys who aren't hurt. <laughs> that would be an idea as well. So we'll see how Mr. Emerson does. Uh, the other thing the Browns did that I think is, uh, boy, you talk about a leap of faith. They picked a new kicker, Cade York, in the fourth round from LSU. Okay, 
So then they release Chase McLaughlin, their kicker. Now, Cade York has a big leg, and they're trying to duplicate what the Bengals did with Evan McPherson, who was phenomenal for the Bengals last year. People laughed at the Bengals for picking Evan McPherson, and they ended up with the last laugh. But Cade York, he makes a lot of long field goals, 15 of 50 yards or more. He misses a lot of field goals between 40 and 49. And if he does that in the NFL, he's not going to be very popular for very, very long. And, man, a guy who's had, like, consistency issues in college, throwing him into Cleveland where the kicking conditions are capricious at best and where fans are unforgiving of kicker mistakes, I don't know. I hope it works out. I'm not super-duper optimistic about it. Because I just think that's mm, a situation that is fraught with peril. Okay. AUINFO.com, health insurance brokers. Is there any situation when you're a business owner more fraught with peril than providing benefits for your employees? Can't imagine what it is. Maybe negotiating salary. But AUINFO.com takes the difficulty of getting the proper benefits package, value for your money, or crafting what's in that package. They take that off your plate because they're specialists in it. And you don't even have to pay them. You say, well, I want, I want to pay them. I want the very best service. No, you get the very best service. They don't have grades of service. Here, I'll, here I'll give you the free recommendation. If you want the really good one, it'll cost you. No, that's not what they do. They give you the very best, and then they're paid by whatever company you decide to pick. The companies want your business, and if AUI can connect you with the companies and AUI can counsel you as to here's what you get with them, here's what you get with somebody else, here's what you get with option C, pick the one you want. Here are the costs. Here are the benefits. Here's the drawbacks. And AUI can even tell you, you know what? You're offering benefits you don't even really need to offer because employees don't even want this anymore. Like, you know, dental vision? Do employees want that? I mean, maybe. If you got three employees, maybe not. So, yes, if you're a small business, two people, that's fine. They'll be happy to hear from you. They'll put you in a plan with other small businesses. You'll get a rate that you could never get as a two-person business on your own. AUINFO.com. They do an awesome job. And the person to talk to is Chrissy or Julie. And as if you needed another inducement, they also offer free HR counseling. Look at me, saving you all kinds of money and keeping you in business with my friends from AUINFO.com. All right, to the Bengals draft. The Bengals, I thought, had a phenomenal draft with Dax Hill in the first round, Cam Taylor Britt after that. And then. Uh, they get a guy, Zach Carter from Florida, who's a pretty good sack, uh, machine. Then they do what, you know, you have to do. You, you go for depth, you go for special teams, guys, you go for where are we thin? Where can we use another body? Well, offensive line, they're always helpful interior offensive linemen. They got Cord- Cordell Volson out of North Dakota state defensive lineman. They got Jeffrey Gunter, Coastal Carolina. He's won some games. I don't know. Guy play or not. No idea. And they got a safety from Toledo. So that guy, Tyson Anderson, he's no doubt a special teamer. So the Bengals, I'll tell you what, it's hard to knock the Bengals drafts lately, man. Ever since Billy Price, they've been hitting it out of the park with T. Higgins and um, also Jesse Bates, obviously Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, on and on and on, Sam Hubbard. So they've done a really good job. Really good job. Logan Wilson. I mean, hard to knock the Bengals drafting lately. So... Until they prove me otherwise, I'm going to say getting Dax Hill to help the secondary, Cam Taylor-Britt to help at corner, 
I think uh, the Bengals did a really good job in this draft. So the uh, Super Bowl runner-ups, nice haul for them, despite the fact that they were picking uh, very, very low. Okay, there's not much news to report on the Ohio State basketball front because uh, they have not added anyone in the transfer portal since the departure of Malachi Branham. You know that I am campaigning strongly for them to get Malachi Smith from Southern Mississippi, but we don't have any new news on that yet. I see one of the Baylor kids is in the transfer portal, and I'd love to have him. He's 6'9", but the thought is he's going to end up going to the draft. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't add anybody. Apparently, Seth Towns is going to play basketball this year. The seventh year of college basketball, at least since the start of the season. Um, So we'll see. I mean, kind of anything you get out of Seth Towns is a bonus. But what if he's the kind of player that we thought he was going to be when he led Sports Center on a Saturday night when he announced his transfer from Harvard to OSU. Duke wanted him. Duke wanted him. And we got him. So aside from a few, you know, games where he threw in eh, 10, 15 points two years ago, we've really not seen anything out of Seth Towns. And besides his knee issue, now he's had back surgery. So young man's had a ton of injuries, and we'll see what he can do uh, in his final season. And then you got to hope Justice Suing is good to go, too. He missed all of last year with a what what appears to be like a really, really mysterious groin injury. But if those two guys are good, if the freshmen are as advertised, if Tanner Holden and Sean McNeil are big-time transfers from Wright State and West Virginia, maybe next year they'll surprise people. Now, the other item I had for you today, before we get to the faith portion of the podcast, is that it is a lead pipe cinch, although I don't think officially announced yet that Urban Meyer will be making his return uh, to Fox Sports. And you got to think he's going to be on college football. Isn't Bob Stoops coaching in the USFL? I don't know if that's, it strikes me that he is. There's a lot of guys coaching in the USFL who've been on the uh, coaching merry-go-round for a long time, like Jeff Fisher. But Urban back on Fox is a big slam dunk for Fox. And I'm glad to see Urban get something that he can get some positive, I don't know if he can get positive press or not. He got rave reviews as an analyst during his one year on Fox. Then he had the coaching itch and he went back to coaching in the NFL, and I'm sure he I'm sure he rues that, even though he probably came away with it with three or four or five million dollars in his pocket, which he didn't need, but hey, it's always nice to have, right? So uh, that's uh, that's what's up with Urban. But look for that announcement officially. I mean, you'd have to be, you'd have to be crazy not to want Urban Meyer on your broadcast because he brings so much to the table, and particularly Fox, when they have the Big Ten. Uh, one outgoing transfer at Ohio State, Justin Arns, uh, is going to take visits this week to San Diego and Loyola Marymount. San Diego and Loyola Marymount. Sounds to me like Justin wants to lay on the beach. That's what it sounds like to me. Not necessarily looking to win a national championship. Sounds like he's looking to lay on the beach. And as for Ohio State's other player in the transfer portal, Michi Johnson, who I hate to see Michi go. Uh, he committed to South Carolina on April the 25th. So we'll wait and see. Will Ohio State get both EJ Liddell and Malachi Branham in the first round of the NBA draft? Hey, if they do, it's a nice honor. But then don't you go, he had two first-round picks and we couldn't get out of the f- second round of the NCAA tournament? <laughs> it's just a, there's just no way to win with that, right? Boy, I wish Malachi was coming back. But I wish him well. 
and um, just wish we wouldn't have given him number 22. Okay, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters is the longest-running sponsor of the We Tackle Life podcast. They are such great people. Love Hemisphere. You'll love them, too. Get 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. WETACKLELIFE in all caps. And order their coffee, K-Cups, whole bean, roasted, however you want it. They've got it for you from many, 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 many different countries around the globe. You cannot get it anywhere unless you order it from Hemisphere. They have special relationships with all their growers, and they combine their love for coffee with their love for ministry and spreading the gospel around the world, and so that results in a great business. You get great coffee. The church, from a worldwide perspective, grows, and you can feel good about the place you're buying your coffee come because first coffee from because first and foremost, it tastes phenomenal, and second of all, you're doing good work with your coffee. So get that discount. We tackle life in all caps when you order at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. All right, for a long time, I have encouraged you to email the show, and the emails have been piling up, and I haven't gotten to answer them on the air, so I'd like to answer one on the air today. Uh, this email is from Abe. Abe says, I'm a listener to your podcast and have a question. Now, on a recent podcast, you concluded by discussing Leah Thomas, the transgender swimmer from the University of Pennsylvania, and the fact that he is a man. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I do have a follow-up question, though. Part of your explanation for why you don't subscribe to the I was born in the wrong body nonsense is because God doesn't make mistakes. And since God is all-knowing, flawless, perfect, it makes it impossible that a person could be born the wrong sex. He said, again, I wholeheartedly agree. But I have a question, and it's not a gotcha question. Since God is indeed perfect and doesn't make mistakes— Leah Thomas was not born into the wrong body. On that, we are in agreement. In the same way, though, how can we look into the eyes of a child born with a birth defect or someone who suffers tragic loss and say God doesn't make mistakes since he is perfect? Thank you for considering this question. He says, I've discussed this topic with my brother, who's also a Christian conservative without much avail. Okay. Okay, so first of all, anything I say here is opinion. I don't believe this is something that I have uh, 100% scriptural proof for. But first of all, we have to understand that we live in a world where Satan has been given amazingly um, uh, generous leeway. I mean, Satan is the prince of this world. He's the prince of darkness. He's the prince of the power of the air. But this is his playground. On the continuum of God's time clock, for the world, for mankind, this is the point on that continuum where Satan is allowed to roam the earth and wreak havoc and tempt people into sin and ruin lives and inflict unspeakable suffering. And I don't have the mind of God, so I don't understand exactly why he allows that, but my... uh, but what consoles me is that I know how the game ends. I know that Jesus is coming back. I know there will be a period of tribulation. I don't want to argue here, nor will I, whether he, whether he's coming pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib. I really don't care because it's not going to change it, whatever I think. And God is in control of my life. He's in control of the end of time whenever he decides to begin that 
situation. If, if in fact, he has not already begun it, he will. And I'll have no say in it, nor should I, because he is God and I'm not. And that's really where I land on things like this. Now, it's easy for me, I will freely acknowledge, it's easy for me to say this because I have not lost a child. I have not lost a child to disease. I have not lost a wife to disease. I have not had someone do incredible evil to anyone that I know now. Uh, I've not had a wife or a daughter raped, murdered, kidnapped. We had a situation uh, years ago where our youngest daughter came up missing for several hours, and there's no desperation like that. Turned out to be a very innocent thing. We had forgotten to put on the calendar that she was getting picked up by someone for a basketball camp, but it was it was terrifying. It was terrifying when we thought she'd been kidnapped. So I'm not arguing, nor would I ever argue, that those things are good. What I will say is that those things, due to the power and sovereignty and grace of God, can bring about a result that has some good in it. I did not say all good, because you would never get over the suffering of losing a child. You would never feel like it was fair if you were born with no legs or no arms or blind or deaf. My brother is deaf. He never complains. He never has ever complained. But I have seen my brother experience things on a level that I don't experience them because of his loss of one of his six senses. Uh, and so there's a story in the Bible where Jesus heals a blind man, and his disciples or the, the onlookers ask him, why was this guy born blind? Did he sin or did his parents sin? And Jesus says neither one. He was born this way so that the glory of God could be revealed. And that particular person was healed of his blindness, and thus the glory of God was revealed through that. But in terms of we are not promised. I mean, like one of the things that I've said many times, Abe and others, is I get frustrated when I read the Gospels the number of times Jesus said flat out, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to, I'm going to rise from the dead in three days. I mean, he said that flat out. And the disciples either couldn't understand it or wouldn't understand it. And likewise, I have to stop myself when I ignore or read quickly over and do not say, yeah, this is a promise and I need to pay attention to it, where he says, in this world, you will have trouble. He doesn't say, you may have trouble, or you could have trouble, or I'll do everything I can to keep you from having trouble. No, he says, you will have it. Some people have it more than others. Why? That's a question for the day when we meet our Lord and Savior, and he, if he wants to, explain it to us, or if we gain some kind of perspective and clarity on that time, we'll know. But those are, that is how I process information, and I never lose sight of the fact that God is God, and I'm not. And yes, I've had things happen to me that I thought were terribly unfair. I've had grief, and I've had prolonged sorrow, and it's hard those moments have been when I've grown the most. Every single thing in my life that I could point to as a 
watershed moment of spiritual growth is a circumstance that if you had given me an opt-out in advance of the circumstance, I would have been through that escape hatch as fast as I could move. And now knowing what was on the other side of that adversity, of that pain, of that sorrow, I realize I would have missed many things that now are among the most joyous experiences in my life. So that's what I would say. Your question was a phenomenal question, Abe, and I appreciate it very, very much. You can send me an email, wetacklelife at gmail.com, wetacklelife at gmail.com. I'm not a theologian, guys, and I'm not a pastor. I'm a guy who tries, strives to live a life in gratitude for the forgiveness of sins that I've received through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm doing the best I can because I want to pay homage and, 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 and thank the Lord for the gift of his forgiveness. And that is the importance of obedience. Here's the thing. You know, I told Abe said correctly, my position on transgenderism is it's, it's an anti-God position. It's an anti-God mindset. So let me ask a question here, okay? Are there any conservative Republican parents who think that their transgender child is doing the right thing? I don't know of a single one. There are myriad liberal Democratic parents who think that's okay. And I would just ask you, if transgenderism is truly a medical condition, Gender dysphoria is truly a medical condition, not a mental illness, but a medical condition, as many LGBTQ advocates suggest. Then why are there no conservative Republican parents who think it's a good idea and a great thing for their kids? Why is it divided along political lines? It's divided along political lines because it's political, because it's cultural, not because it's medical. It's not medical. And the reason it's not medical is because Abe said it. A perfect authoritative God would not make someone the wrong sex. He would not make a mistake in the creation of a human being who the Bible says he knitted together in that person's mother's womb and he knew me and ordered my days before I was ever born. He would not make any mistakes, least of all, one on one of the biggest decisions when he's making a human being and what sex are they, okay? So that is true. And God is the source of truth. I read a verse today. It's, the, it's May the 2nd, so I was in Proverbs 2. The Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So humans can put together all the logic and quote-unquote reason and feelings they want to, but it doesn't mean it's true. God is the arbiter of truth, objective truth. There is no, like, my truth. That's opinion. That is elevating yourself to a position of God. If you have your own truth and it conflicts with the truth of God, then which one of you is really God? 
So, and why would you worship a God who's not perfect, <laughs> who's not sovereign, who's not authoritative? Like you might as well worship the dude next door. He's just like you, right? I mean, if 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 God can make mistakes, if God's not all knowing, if God's not all powerful, well, just cut to the chase and go across the street to your neighbor and ask him to sort out the things of life. I mean, he's immortal just like you are. If you as a mortal are greater than God, then how do you know your neighbor's not greater than you? So you have to, you have to have the faith that God is just, that God is infinite, that God is majestic, that God is all-knowing. Those are the characteristics of a God that I would worship. A God who's fallible, a God who's mistake-prone, a God who's loves some people and doesn't love other people. Why would I worship a God like that? Because that person is not fair, compassionate, loving. Hence, that person or that entity could not be God. So with all that, I would like to thank you for listening to the podcast and encourage you to review the podcast on iTunes. I'll try to read some reviews on the next podcast. Remember to contact me through my friends at Patriot Switch if you're looking for a new way to shop for goods you're already buying. Toothpaste, shaving cream, laundry soap, dishwashing soap, cleansers, cleaners, lotions, vitamins, supplements. Really good stuff. All plant-based. Good for the environment. Great for you. We love the products. You'll love them too. Can't advertise the name of the company until you contact me through Patriot Switch. Patriot Switch. Click on Bruce Hooley in the down menu and you will hear from me even before the next edition of the We Tackle Life podcast.